Hello, everyone, and welcome to Just Dow It, the podcast for people starting DAOs. I'm Adam Miller, and I'm your host. I'm the CEO of MyDAO, which provides legal entity solutions for DAOs. And prior to starting MyDAO, I did consulting for people starting and operating DAOs. This is the first of two episodes this week. Today, we'll cover the news with our featured guest, and then later in the week, in uh, the second episode, we will go deeper into an interview with her. So first of all, I'd like to welcome Alexa. It's awesome having you on the show. Awesome seeing you and getting to speak with you. Um, for your intro, would you please tell us a little bit about yourself and what makes you an authority on DAOs? Well, I'm currently managing director at Vasio, which is a DAO-focused nonprofit that provides blockchain-based projects with frameworks for compliance, legality, risk management, and prevention. We basically enable DAOs to operate in a centralized manner while maintaining a significant level of decentralization. And we do that by providing them with legal representation and a variety of tools that can support that. Definitely an authority on DAOs. <laughs> it's, it's official. I feel like everyone in Web3 is pretty humble, um, but I'm, I'm forcing them to come out of their shell and admit that, that if let's put it this way. I mean, DAOs are so new. It's, it really, none of us are experts yet. It's true. But if anyone is an expert on DAOs, then Alexa is one of them. With that said, we are going to turn to the Just Dowit News Report, where I will summarize this week's news and stories and headlines and tweets of the week. And then I will share my reaction and ask Alexa for her hot take. And we will try to disagree with the authors and with each other because that's more fun. And we will also try to share what we think makes these stories relevant for people starting DAOs. All right. The first headline of the week is from Forbes. So interesting. We see a steady stream of articles about Forbes lately. Uh, sorry, from Forbes about DAOs. So that's kind of cool. This article is called The Power of DAOs, and it's by Ben Knaus, a Forbes Council Technology member. And this is a explainer about what DAOs are, how they work, and why they matter. And I thought it'd be interesting to read the reasons why this author says that DAOs matter and see if we think these are the right reasons. So why are DAOs regarded as the future of organizations, according to this author? One is what he calls brainstorming. So usually organizations depend on a few top leaders to achieve their objectives, but this allows only a handful of people to participate in planning and decision-making, unlike in DAOs. Conflict of interest. In the case of DAOs, there are no autocratic leaders to force their ways of working. Instead, everything is managed by smart contracts, which are created with the consent of all members of the DAO. Okay. And the third reason is people-centric. DAOs provide voting rights to their token holders who play a role in governance and operations, so they shift the focus towards people. Um, so I guess I'll share my take first. I think the, he chose interesting titles for these three things. You know, if I was trying to summarize what makes DAOs powerful, I probably wouldn't say brainstorming, conflict of interest, and people-centric. Seems a, a, no. <laughs> just seems a little bit odd. Um, I think actually when he explains what these things are, he does get into some of what makes uh, DAOs matter, which you know I would say is more about um, providing a, a, a more scalable way of distributing and decentralizing governance rights in an organization. And that does allow you to um, engage people in a different way and organize people in a different way. But uh, yeah, I would I would probably just use use different titles to talk about some of the same things. But I don't know, Alexa, what, what would you say makes uh, DAOs uh, special and the future of organizations? 
Well, I wouldn't use the word brainstorming, that's for sure, right? I mean, when someone says brainstorming, what they think of, you know, a bunch of people sitting in a room and, you know, with a whiteboard (laughs) and kind of like, you know, what do you think of this and that? And then like, okay, so let's see what happens, you know, in a week or two with the project. Well, those are a lot more than that. Yeah, you know, I would say instead of like brainstorming is like, in a traditional company or in a DAO, everyone can get together and brainstorm. What makes a DAO different is how the decision gets made about what to actually do, right? And how to move forward. So it's governance, not brainstorming. And then instead of conflict of interest, I would say DAOs can help uh, people align the interests of an entire community involved in a project so that you can better align the incentives of the owners, investors, developers, management, and users of a project. And maybe there's even more than those categories. And I'll just share from the end of the article, uh, the realm of blockchains paved the way for decentralization, and that led to a new wave of how business is conducted, obviating the need for hierarchies and eliminating domination by a few top brasses. Instead, DAOs focus on serving all members of the community and address the challenges via manual intervention, by managing everything through smart contracts. So again, I don't know if I would agree with the exact way that the author is thinking about DAOs and I can tell Alexa doesn't either, <laughs> but I, I do agree that I, I would actually put it a little bit differently. So I'd say blockchains paved the way for the decentralization of money. And now DAOs are paving the way for the decentralization of governance and organization. Does that sound right? Yeah, I would agree, right? And how, you know, decentralization will work as well, right? Because you're not committed to a specific jurisdiction or a specific needs of a company, right? So you can literally go online and, you know, look for different projects and not to be actually tied to only to only one. And uh, you can definitely build upon the things you believe in, right? Rather than fit thinking the regular and boxes, you know. Love it. So speaking of jurisdictions, the next headline is from blockworks.co. And the headline is, DAOs rush to restructure to avoid legal liability. Major DAOs are creating legal entities as U.S. regulators show their teeth. So this uh, article highlights especially uh, Sushi, Swap, Sushi Swap, which we'll get into a little bit later, and their new uh, legal structure, but also talks about a number of other um, leading DAOs that are forming legal entities to protect their members from unlimited liability. And of course, I love to see this because my DAO, my company's product is a legal entity for DAOs. And so, of course, we're big believers that DAOs should be forming legal entities to protect their members from unlimited liability in most cases. And this article talks about, especially um, in light of the recent CFTC action against UkiDAO and BZX, um, it's it's spawned a conversation, a lot of conversations about, you know, how to use legal entities and LLCs in particular to help protect members of DAOs from the uh, teeth of the regulators. Um, So what do you think, Alexa? Is it as simple as that? Is it, should every DAO create a legal entity now or is it more nuanced? Of course, that there needs to be legal protection for each project, right, and for everyone involved, you know, but that would also take into consideration, right, that, you know, creating an entity now doesn't mean that, you know, all the past sins are forgiven and forgotten. And um, I think uh, that's going to be very interesting to see how the 
regulatory bodies are actually going to be looking at and uh, how will they um, treat the projects that they remember to to have a legal entity um, after the um, key event event. and i do agree that DAOs do need to have a legal standing for protection of the of the members of the project and the founders However, what worries me here is that if mass of DAOs actually hurries up to get incorporated and um, if the majority of them actually goes for a traditional type of legal entities such as LLCs, right? So how will that affect the future regulations that the regulators will be looking at right because what you do and actually also depends how projects are going to behave after incorporating that uh, that entity because let's not forget that even though you get the entity that represents the DAO it it counts how you behave after incorporating that entity and if you continue operating in a centralized manner you cannot be really seen as a decentralized project because at some point we will do have some criteria of how the project actually is or not decentralized. And if entities in those LLCs keep on signing the contracts and completely behaving as an irregular LLC, they will not be able to uh, be recognized as decentralized projects, and that will cause another set of issues and that does that have to do more with securities laws um whether the dao is seen as decentralized or not or does that have an impact on liability for members as well well i believe it it's all around there right it's not only i mean of course like the securities right because that's the kind of always the the painful issue right like in the subject for each and every project Mm, but of course, like it will also affect, you know, the, the jurisdictional, right? So what the international laws are, you know, where the entities incorporate and in of the members, right? So where the investors are based, when, where the founders are based. So those are all the details that one cannot just, you know, omit and forget about. Yeah. And I know at least in the US, um, one of the important distinctions for people to keep in mind is the difference between um, just a, a financial or regulatory violation versus a criminal act. And corporate veils like LLCs, the liability shield only protects you from you know business related you know penalties where you know you've you've uh, run afoul of uh, regulation, for example. But if you if the organization if, if someone defrauds another organization, they could still come after you as an individual, right? That's one example where, you know, it's not going to matter whether you have an LLC or not. So it's still important to act with um, care to, you know, follow, especially the, those, you know, most important rules, um, even when you have an LLC. All right. Next headline comes from Cointelegraph. And the headline is Sushi Swap to create three DAOs in Panama and Cayman in business restructuring. The proposal received 100% votes establishing the DAO Foundation, Panamanian Foundation, and Panamanian Corporation. So uh, Sushi DAO, which is one of the largest uh, DAOs you know, related to one of the largest crypto projects, has approved a legal restructuring where they will be creating these three entities, two in Panama and one in uh, the Cayman Islands. 
And um, this was surprising to me. I mean, not only uh, because we we tend to think the Marshall Islands is is a better option in a lot of cases than Panama or Cayman, but also the complexity of creating uh, three legal entities for the DAO, um, with uh, two being in Panama, one being in the Cayman Islands. It seems to introduce a lot of complexity, um, and I can't say that it's necessarily come up before in my work uh, helping DAOs with their incorporation, why you would necessarily want a structure like this. Um, the thing about Panama too, and I'll just read a quote from uh, the article, which is from uh, one of the users and uh, community members of Sushi, and he's talking about Panama and he says, don't pick countries which are constantly at risk of political collapse, financial collapse, military coups, or North American bailouts. <laughs> Don't pick countries in which you wake up one day and find presidential or royal decrees being plastered on your front door, forcing you to beat a hasty exit through the departure lounge. <laughs> so um, very critical here of Panama. Um, you know, again, I <laughs> well, tell why. So why, why are you laughing before I share my, my response? The first thing that comes to your mind is actually shadow finance, right? Like in the issues, if you actually have US-based investors, US-based members, right? So what the restrictions are towards them. But having two DAOs, uh, they have the most DAOs or similar structure, right? Like, and then on top of them, uh, Cayman, that is basically a nonprofit foundation. So that's definitely a very interesting structure, right? Because it does not really provide necessary legal structure for an environment such as sushi and Cayman Islands as well, right? So they've been having issues in the past with the U.S. as well because of very low email requirements. So they're kind of like hop on, hop off the blacklist and connected with two DAO, with two Panama, uh, Panama DAO uh, structures. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I mean, it's, you know, it's hard not to take it personally since I, I, you know, I've worked for over a year with the Marshall Islands government to try to make the Marshall Islands the best home for DAOs. And we've looked at places like Panama and Cayman and tried to create something better. So it's hard not to just feel a little bit hurt that as far as I know, they didn't even reach out and, and think about the Marshall Islands. Um, but at the same time, I know we're, we're fairly new. Um, but maybe the most surprising thing is they've created two foundations and a corporation. And to me, the, it, I, I told someone earlier today, even if you don't go with the Marshall Islands, an LLC is a really good stru legal structure for a DAO because it's so flexible. You don't have to have a board or directors or people taking on special liability. You can define your governance however you want. You don't have to have stockholders. Um, so yeah, anyways, the whole thing was a, a bit surprising and, and disappointing for me to see. Yeah, I would kind of, Agree with you for sure, especially like, you know, since there is no entity in Europe either, right? Like, and I'm quite sure that they have actually quite a large um, uh, member base based in Europe. You know, one would at least think they would take Mika into consideration, mm -hmm. right? Like, and how actually Mika framework works or doesn't work mm -hmm. <laughs> with Panama as um, jurisdiction and the Cayman Islands. Yeah. So... Well, I'm definitely looking forward to updates yeah, know, right? on Sushi mm -hmm. Swap yeah. <laughs> legal entities. Same here, same here. And Sushi, you know, we talked about, I think, last week or the week before that Sushi voted to elect a head chef, um, which sounds a lot like a CEO, which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing yeah. for DAOs. I think DAOs need to consider 
using some of the traditional tools that businesses have always used at the same time it does potentially seem a little extreme to go straight from you know being very decentralized to having um you know one person at, at the head of the ship um so interesting to see the move sushi is making and i agree it'll be really interesting to follow how all of this goes down awesome let's move to the next article so this one is from actually newsbtc.com and the headline is why DAOs are the future of work if they have the right tools. So um, this article is, uh, I thought it was interesting because when I first got into the DAO space, the thing I was most interested in was the tools. And I felt like, like that was, it felt to me like that's the problem that needs to be solved. If, if you know, someone says, I want to create a DAO and we can find the right set of tools from you know, uh, collaboration tools to treasury management, to voting and governance and debate and discussion. If we can put them all together the right way, then we'll give them a great platform and then they can go and, and be successful. And I would say, you know, in, in the year or so I've spent in the space of DAOs, my perspective has changed to the degree that I think the biggest challenge facing DAOs today is more about people and leadership. And, you know, how do you lead as a, you know, how do you distribute leadership and not have, you know, centralized leadership and still be successful? But I do still think tools are really important. And I mean, especially for DAOs that do truly want to be on chain in terms of their governance and their treasury, they have to pick a tool unless they're going to build their own smart contracts. And so these tools are really important. Um, you know, this article talks about one tool in particular um, called Rain, which is a decentralized payment rails for DAOs. I had never heard of this, um, but I guess uh, Rain is a tool that allows DAOs to spend money from their treasury uh, using a debit card. And I do think that's a really smart idea. I think a lot of DAOs are looking for, you know, banking or some kind of connection to TradFi so that they can either get paid in fiat or be able to use their crypto as fiat. It does sound like a good idea. Um, but uh, to me, the tools that, you know, really we need to develop the most are the underlying platforms for those smart contracts. So um, things like uh, DAO House and Gnosis Safe or what's now called, I guess, just called Safe, but various tools that have been built into Gnosis Safe and um, things like uh, Origami and uh, Dow Dow and these other uh, folks that are building like the underlying platform for making decisions. I think that's where I would say we probably need the most um, advancement for DAOs to really go mainstream. But curious, uh, Alexa, what, what you would say about this? Well, I'm definitely a big fan, fan of governance tools, right? Like, you know, when the... The community pages, governance pages, I'm not a big fan of template tools, right? Because I don't think that there is like, you know, one type governance type and fits them all. And that you, if you're new to the space, you know, do not really understand how governance actually works, right? And you hear about a great tool or someone recommends you or you read a paid article and then you're like, oh, this is, this is going to solve all my problems. Yeah, you know, it, it reminds me of uh, one situation that we see a lot with DAOs that have not yet incorporated, which is often a DAO has a multi-sig safe using safe, formerly mm -hmm. known as Gnosis safe, and the DAO might have 50,000 members, um, but then it's a group of like seven people who actually controls the multi-sig. Yeah. 
And in that environment too, um, there's no contractual obligation of the multi-stakeholders yeah. to do with the money what people say they should do with it. You're just trusting them, which is, is so antithetical to, um, I think, what people expect in a DAO. Um, and uh, certainly one solution there is to you know, have everyone be members of an LLC um, where they're all party to an operating agreement. And then uh, what we do is we have the operating agreement say in it that the multi-stakeholders are obligated to vote in accordance with the wishes of the DAO as expressed through the voting mechanism. Um, and that way, even if you're if you're going to use a multi-sig rather than have, giving everyone direct control of the treasury, at least you're legally obligating the the multi-stakeholders to do what the DAO says. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because you cannot be, you know, just playing around and uh, doing those things in trust because this environment has had its fair share of rules specifically. So I'm still amazed at the amount of trust that people in this space have, and especially the community members that probably got wrecked on multiple projects, right? And uh, they are still not really have not actually reached that level of awareness and actually ask no like you know we don't want to do this right so and we never voted the treasurer because more than often it happens that the people that are actually signees on that multisig they're not voted by the community they put them down, themselves there and they say to the community hey guys we are the ones that are on, on multisig right but really who actually puts that out for a vote for the community to just be saying like, yeah, we're okay with this person or no, we want someone, you know, random person from the community to come in there and make sure that you guys are actually doing everything because even though everything is transparent, if you don't know where to look on time, you can still suffer some losses. Mm, yeah. Good point. Interesting. All right. Next story is from decrypt at decrypt.co. And it's actually a video. The headline is, in the Alien Worlds Metaverse game, DAOs are game pieces. So I really like this. It reminds me of um, what I think is one of the coolest uh, use cases for DAOs, which is in gaming. And um, imagine, not this specific game, but there was a, a game that I was looking at. I think it was called Syndicate. And it was like a world where, you know, uh, these like, quote unquote, syndicates, which are like groups of gang members, you know, are fighting for control of the streets of some city. Um, and each syndicate is a DAO. And to com compete in the game, your DAO is trying to defeat the other DAOs in this competition for control of the city. And, you know, of course, um, it's a game, there's things, there's violence, there's drug dealing, stuff like that. Um, but what I think is really interesting, too, is that, you know, as soon as you do that, you make the game half real because the DAO holds on to real assets with real value, whether they're game assets or not. The DAO holds on to real money because that money, you know, Ethereum or whatever it is, ends up being used in game to rent equipment or uh, land or pay people off or even pay you know, things in the game to, to like work for your syndicate and do things you need them to do. And so you're creating what is a, a real economy with real money and real assets that's being used to try to win a game. And I just think it's so cool how DAOs play a role in taking something that traditionally was 
fully virtual, really just for fun. And maybe you had real assets, but it's turning it into something where playing the game is like running a business. And to win the game, you've got to run that business, that DAO, better than all of the other uh, players and businesses do. Um, and I, I just I think we're going to see a lot of this in the future. I, you know, people will have their um, their alliances, their groups, their clans that they're a part of, and it'll be a little more real than the games of the past. All right. The last article of the week is from the Tally blog. It's at tally.mirror.xyz. It's by someone named Rika Goldberg. And the article is called A Look into Autonomy and How DAOs Use Working Groups. This is a great article. It's very long. Um, I'd, I'd call it research and analysis of um, what this author has seen in the world of DAOs. And Tally is a DAO tool platform, um, and so they see a lot of a lot of DAOs using their platform. And um, this article talks about the need for working groups, which I mean, to me, we're basically just talking about teams. And I, I think it, to me, that part was kind of obvious that like, of course, organizations have teams as just I, I, maybe there's an alternative model. I don't know. But like usually even organization, you have teams of people that go and work on, on you know, different things. Um, I think the important point that's being made here in this article, um, and she goes into a lot of depth on it, is Let's start with like maybe what a lot of people are thinking about as like a blank slate DAO is some money in a treasury and a bunch of people who control that money democratically. And so everything that happens right with that money is going to have to come down to a vote of the membership. And so if a small group of people wants to work on this thing, you've got to go give them the money for it. If someone wants to go do something else, you give them the money. You want to hire someone, you give them the money for it. Um, and I think what this article is arguing is that it's not good enough to have everyone always voting on everything that's happening. You have to be able to take these subgroups, these teams, and, and, and give them not just one-off permission. Yeah, sure, go buy this thing. Yeah, sure, go spend this money. Yeah, sure, go do this. But rather say, you know what? We're going to put your team, your working group in charge of this activity, and we're going to give you an indefinite permission to spend money on and work on that project. And sure, maybe it could be revoked later. Maybe they do have to provide a budget every three months or whatever it is. Um, but she's saying it's important to give that group autonomy and not have the whole DAO always be involved in every little decision. And I think that's smart. Yes and no, <laughs> right? Because if you, if you limit the groups, that's not DAO anymore, right? So that is a very selective DAO. And uh, the point of the DAO is that everyone involved have an equal right to vote and to contribute and to express their opinions and based on that vote. And by having those subgroups or whatnot and limiting one subgroup or group, you know, why would someone, you know, have the authority to decide, to decide, you know, what to do with my money? But I don't have that authority. I don't have that ability as a, as a just any other, um, community member the same as that subgroup or whatever that reminds me a bit of guilds there are DAOs, for example as bankless DAO, right so they have several guilds and uh, each guild has its own mission its own vision but they they contribute altogether to the DAO, right and the point is to to support and scale the DAO itself and of course like the guilds on an individual basis i mean as in any other project right so there are certain you know expertise of course like within a group of people 
but I would rather say that that group of people has uh, has a responsibility, has a duty to educate the others that do not have the that expertise on you know on pros and cons of a certain proposal and what could go well, what could go wrong, rather than just excluding someone from the vote because that's not a DAO, right? So that is. That's not a doubt. And um, so, so to you, everyone has to be involved in every major decision, not not delegate it to subgroups in some cases. Well, there is the case of liquid governance, right? So, you know, let's say that, you know, you're a marketing guru and I'm like, you know, really not for marketing. And if there are some decisions to be made and uh, let's say I trust you enough, and I want to delegate my vote to you because I trust you and your expertise that you will do the right vote. But that is my decision not to vote directly myself, is rather to delegate to someone. And But with those subgroups, if I understand well, what she's saying is that some subgroups are actually excluded from the voting. And for the reason, not because they chose to delegate their voting right to, to another group. And I think there is a great danger that lies with that type of structure. Because what happens when uh, subgroups, bigger subgroups or louder subgroups start abusing that type of structure and actually exclude smaller subgroups or the people that are just not as loud? and uh, disable them, exclude them from the voting, what happens then, again, the centralization of the power is actually about having everyone involved. Mm, interesting. All right. Well, that does it for the Just Dow at News Report. Uh, thank you, Alexa, for being a part of that. Um, everyone should make sure to tune in for the episode later in the week for the in-depth interview with Alexa. Um, but meanwhile, Alexa, where can people find you and your projects on the web and on social? So you can find me on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn as Alexa or Alexa Mill. And again, everything is displayed on my profile. So anyone can easily stalk everything. What I do. Awesome. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at 0xThriller. My DAO is at MyDAODS. That's M-I-D-A-O-D-S and MyDAO.org. And uh, for everyone in the audience, are you thinking about starting a DAO? Just DAO it. Just Dow It is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Just Dow It does not contain any legal or financial advice. My Dow also does not provide legal or financial advice, and nor does your host, yours truly.